Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, episode 441 in the house. Oscar Lopez will be having a great two-hour show, week one of the WNFC, just launched this past weekend. We're also going to be talking and diving into the NWFL in Europe. Uh, WFA kicks off on the 22nd. We also have the international uh, scene, which is the Euro tournament, uh, Great Britain versus Sweden, coming up here on April 15th. We've got Liga Monterrey in action still. Uh, so if you're at the hub, you know what's going on in the women's game. The, the best network on the planet exists at the hub, facebook.com forward slash Beauties. We're also going to be uh, talking to two amazing athletes in this interview today. We're going to be talking to Rasan Gore, the quarterback of the Mississippi Lady Panthers, new quarterback, and how uh, she fared this weekend against the uh, elite Texas Elite Spartans with a, a good matchup. It was a great competitive matchup there, uh, one of the probably the better games of the uh, whole weekend of the WNFC. We also have some surprises there in terms of the WNFC schedule, a couple blowouts, some really close games on the West Coast, some rivalries over in Utah and San Diego. So we'll dive into it in the second hour as we break down everything WNFC week one. We're going to preview WNFC week two in the second hour with uh, Coach Terry Lister and Nate Ward. So uh, don't forget to stick around. We're also going to be having the uh, phenom Madison uh, Suwiki from the um, Manitoba Fearless of the Women's Western Canadian Football League as she gets prepared for this May for the 2023 season in the WWCFL. Uh, and then if you guys have not subscribed to our podcast, make sure you try to subscribe to our podcast on Sprecher, on Apple, uh, Google Cast, or any other platform, Spotify. Make sure you leave us a cool five-star review. Helps us out with the algorithm to bring more attention to women's tackle football. And if you missed a couple of our episodes, you can check it out. Um, episode 436, one of our highest-rated episodes, uh, thanks to Grace Cooper and Coach Soho. Uh, also 438, Lilani Kamal, Lois Cook, Amber uh, Marcucci as well. They also have 433 with the uh, talented QB, Michelle Angel, who got her first quarterback in the 11s game. Uh, garbage time pretty much in the late game against uh, Mississippi, but she did get a score. Uh, and so the first quarterback in – first, uh, I mean, touchdown in the WNFC for uh, Michelle Angel, ex-league superstar. So pretty pretty cool. Uh, episode 430, Lindsey Cash. Episode 428, uh, Thelma Banks, Adrian Smith, and Amanda Housen. So some of the, our top-rated podcasts, it's over 400 podcasts available on all major platforms. And like I said, don't forget to give us a cool five-star review. Helps us out with the algorithm and brings more attention to women's tackle football. So we've got two QBs in the house uh, on episode 441. Don't forget to go to Zazzle.com. Uh, the, the podcast is powered by Zazzle.com. So check it out, our new Not A Boys game, uh, hoodies, socks, uh, T-shirts, uh, everything gift at Zazzle.com, up to 25% off daily. Uh, Shout-out to Cassie Cubis of the Denver Bandits for sporting our hoodie. Shout out to Lisa Gomes also for sporting our hoodie. Uh, she's a 
part of the WWCFL Calgary Rage, and uh, Cassie Cubis off the Denver Bandits. So shout out. You can go to uh, Instagram at No Joke Football. Go to follow on Instagram at Gridiron Beauties as well. So, or you can go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, and you get your uh, hoodies and gifts there. If you don't buy anything from us, no problem. Zazzle has plenty of good stuff out there for everything that you need, including uh, cool stuff from Marvel and Disney. So you can always get hooked up there. Uh, if you are inclined, 15% off, 15% off. Use Zazzle Thanks, and you get a nice uh, gift there for someone that you love. And you can also ship it worldwide. So pretty cool. Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. All right. We're going to dive into the two QBs in a bit here in a couple minutes. But we're going to start with the uh, shocker of shockers in the XFL. And if you uh, were obviously living under a rock, you didn't realize that that was the case. But nobody anticipated that the D.C. defenders somehow would fall to the winless Orlando Guardians. (laughs) But it did happen. 37-36, it did happen. We talked about Orlando in week one, how horrible they were. So three weeks remaining in the uh, towards the end of the season here, uh, the Dragons, who did not start really hot either, now the Dragons kicked off a week seven by defeating Arlington 24-15 on Friday. Arlington also started pretty hot. Now it's kind of the waiting down. The Vipers outlasted the Brahmas 26-12 to on Saturday as well, while the Guardians pulled off the shocker of the season on Saturday night against the D.C. Defenders, which is not, not what we expected. We anticipated, obviously, D.C. to, to steamroll through the season, probably undefeated till the end, but it did not happen. Orlando came in in the week as the league's only winless team, while uh, the Defenders were obviously undefeated. Uh, Guardians stunned the best team in the XFL in a thrilling one-point victory, 37-36. Uh, the action picked up back on Sunday after that shocker with the Roughnecks hosting the Battlehawks. Houston came in with a two-game lead on top of the XFL South, while the Battlehawks at 4-2 and two were looking to keep pace with Seattle 5-2 and two in the north. The two teams traded turnovers at the beginning of the game. St. Louis fumbled on its first drive, and Houston had its initial drive in when Cole McDonald was picked off by Brandon Sebastian in the red zone. The Battlehawks opened up the scoring late in the first quarter with a beautiful 12-yard touchdown pass from A.J. McCarron to Gary Jennings for a touchdown. The two-point try was unsuccessful, and the Battlehawks found found themselves early uh, with an early uh, six-point advantage. Very good drive uh, from a few nice throws from McDonald, making the first start start of the Roughnecks a uh, 27-yard run by Bryson Alini. Uh, St. Louis had the lead at the end of the first quarter, but Houston was threatening with the first down on the red zone. A pass interference penalty uh, on the ensuing play gave Houston first and goal from the one-yard line. Two plays later, McDonald's cashed in with a one-yard touchdown pass to uh, Burnett. A botch point after play left the score tied at six. Houston's ensuring kickoff uh, short of the 20-yard line, which is the XFL as massive as a penalty that gave the Battlehawks the ball at the Roughnecks 45-yard line, and St. Louis capitalized with another touchdown drive. McCarron's second touchdown pass of the afternoon went to Hakeem Butler. This time, the two-point conversion was successful. Houston answered right back, moving into the red zone on a drive that started at their own 30. However, the series stalled at the Battlehawks 13, and the Roughnecks were forced to settle for a 25-yard Hunter Duplessis field goal. Uh, Battlehawks moved into 
territory for the Roughnecks near the end of the half, but failed on a fourth and two conversion. The Battlehawks used their one challenge, uh, anything play, a p- opportunity to argue that there was a pass interference. Got one last opportunity with 28 seconds remaining, and not everyone agreed with that decision, of course. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Houston mismanaged its possession and failed on its fourth down attempt with six seconds on the clock. The Battlehawks got a quick eight-yard pass from McCarron to Butler, setting up a 59-yard field goal attempt by Danny Hagman. Hagman's attempt just barely made it over the crossbar, giving St. Louis a 17-9 lead at the half. And so at the end of the day, it was basically um, St. Louis uh, and Houston in a battle here. Uh, And the score, let me get you the score because I got the score down here at the bottom. So we got St. Louis. uh, The the win gives the Battlehawks a tie with Seattle, only a game behind the defenders in the north, while Houston uh, is now nursing a one-game lead in the south. Uh, Week 8 will kick off on Saturday afternoon when the Battlehawks host the Vipers, and that game is scheduled, uh, on, I believe, on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. Plus. So really, uh, really interesting weekend of XFL. Uh, if you're following it on there, I know USWSFL is also coming on, on, on board here, uh, kind of touching in on just, just the XFL in general for us. But uh, what a shocker of shockers, of course, and that was the weekend that happened in the XFL. Uh, impressive to see how uh, Orlando kind of rebounds. I mean, they, they were pretty bad for, <laughs> I don't know, uh, you're looking at about six weeks or so, and all of a sudden here they pull this, this one win out of their butts and uh, they get the 37 to 36 contest. So sorry to Lois Cook and the defenders for, uh, for their blemish, um, you know, on their record, but uh, defenders still top, top team to beat St. Louis right there. in the in the mix as well. Um, then we're looking at Seattle. So an interesting battle coming up here in week eight, as we get three weeks left on, uh, yeah, three weeks left in the XFL season, we're going to see an interesting contest down the stretch in terms of, who's going to be in the mix for the playoffs, and who's going to be uh, up front for it. So uh, the other uh, place that you can go, obviously, for scores and highlights and everything else is obviously at the Hub. So if you haven't gone to the Hub, uh, I don't know where you've been. Uh, so you got the at the Hub, you got a lot of stuff going on on at the uh, Hub. We got the Euro uh, Championships coming up here, the IFAB uh, Women's uh, European Championship. That's going to be uh, in between Great Britain. Uh, silver medalist winning uh, Great Britain squad taking on Sweden April 15th. Uh, you get full coverage right there from uh, at Girls of Gridiron UK on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, and also on uh, Girls of Gridiron UK underscore on TikTok. So uh, you know they're one of our network partners that we work with to get information on, especially this coming up season uh, as we get the NWFL in the UK, nine, the nine series, which is going to be really awesome to, ca- to cover the nine series uh, in, in terms of a, the four teams competing in that series. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you, you get the information there from BAFA, at BAFA official as well. Uh, but uh, it's going to be an interesting contest. Uh, the 999 series is uh, sort of like the process for BAFA to go to 11s in the future so that they can get a, an actual 11 squad, just like Finland and Sweden does, for their competitions, for international competitions with the IFAB World Championships. So um, it's going to be interesting uh, 
how they fare. But the first game uh, away against Great Britain, that's on the 15th. We'll have all the lowdown that's happening in the sport, of course, from IFAB, also coverage directly from BAFA, uh, also from SW, uh, SWE3, which is the uh, website for Sweden as well. So it's a really awesome uh, matchup. The other, the other uh, thing that you can, if you've gone to the hub, you got to see that uh, the Toledo Troopers, the documentary that, uh, that was done by Steve Guillen, I, we got an interview with him too, so if you are inclined, you can go back and replay the podcast there. But the Troopers is a documentary of the uh, story of, of the Toledo Troopers, the history, the struggles, the triumphs, uh, uh, starting in 1971, one of the probably the greatest teams in terms of women's tackle football history and lineage. Uh, Linda, uh, Linda Johnson as well uh, featured on major press during that time and during that era. Um, so if you are inclined, you can go to clevelandfilm.org, clevelandfilm.org. That is the Cleveland International Film Festival, and you can get to watch the documentary there for a fee. Uh, you got the little trooper documentary that was done by Steve Ginn. So really awesome, really awesome. You also get the lowdown on everything that happened in week seven of the XFL, uh, as we just talked about right now. And you get it from ambushsports.net as well. You get to watch uh, an interview also with that was done by the New York Post uh, Sports and by, I believe it was uh, Kristen London's brother. And so uh, they got interviewed. Uh, Amber Kraft and Kristen London were interviewed by the New York Post. They were spotlighted on April 1st, uh, just in anticipation for the WNFC season kickoff. So check it out right there at the thenewyorkpost.com. Uh, the games of the WNFC will cover in detail on, in uh, the second hour, but big win week one uh, by the Atlanta Phoenix with a statement offensive game uh, route of 60-0 to zero against the uh, debut of the Tennessee Trojans. Uh, Trojans outmatched in their debut completely. So B. Melly put on the whole squad on her back, and the Phoenix get their first win with a 60-burger making a statement in the WNFC early 2023 season that they are there are uh they are got offensive firepower for sure and defensively they're stout so uh interesting interesting battle there in terms of the WNFC kickoff for week 1 we also had obviously the Mississippi Panthers which we're going to, we're going to dive into or Sean Gore here against the Texas Elite Spartans the champions um and you you can basically do that uh Houston uh, the big matchup that we were anticipating at the beginning of the, the season here, the, uh, we had Coach Soho back in, um, I think, episode 436. She had talked about, you know, the big clash between uh, Denver and then upcoming this next week, week two, she's going up against Texas Elise Barton. So the Mambas behind uh, D.C. Divas and USA Football Gold medalist uh, running back D. Scott down uh, Denver Bandits 10-0 to to earn their first franchise win in their debut at home. So it's going to be an interesting matchup for Coach Soho going up against Coach Jenkins week two in the WNFC matchup here. So really, really cool. And then the, the, the probably one of the best rivalries in the WNFC is uh, Utah and San Diego. Uh, Utah Falcons taking on San Diego Rebellion. Uh, we got some awesome still photos there from Christopher Case Photography. Shout out to him for uh, capturing all the, the emotion and the best moments of this matchup. It was 14-8. to 8. So a new era begins with a, with a W in Utah under head coach 
uh, Jasper Horn. So congratulations to Coach uh, Jasper Horn there for in a, a great win over a rival, a really an impressive rival here. Uh, I know last year was the clash between the two of them, and this is probably one of the, like I said, one of the best rivalries in the WNFC's existence. Uh, Utah San Diego always a classic matchup as well. You got Gina Magana, Adriana Gutierrez on the clash there. In terms, you got Nenji Martin, you got uh, Sarah uh, Gal- Galicia on on a clash matchup as well. Um, so it's a really good matchup there. So you get to watch some of the highlights and Week One action that happened in U- against San Diego. The other uh, team that we had anticipated all season and we had talked about uh, was Glory. Um, last year they they were at the end of the season. They were kind of just getting into stride. And uh, this year, they're off the blocks. Uh, they win the season opener routing Florida Avengers 40-0 to in an impressive outing by quarterback Crouch and a solid defensive hunt crew. I mean, this team is just out on defense, and they're going to be trouble uh, um, from the looks of the film. I think they're going to be really in, uh, in, in trouble. So we're going to get, we're going to get into the Zazzle huddle. Uh, in, a, in a minute here with Razan Gore. So if you haven't gone to Zazzle, go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Get everything that you can there, including the newest hoodie that we got, not a boys game hoodie. So check it out on at No Joke Football on Instagram. Also check it out at No Joke Football on Facebook, or you can go right to the website at Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. All right, let's bring in the QB, legendary QB, former uh, Texas Elite Spartans, uh, baller, and now the leader of the Mississippi Lady Panthers, and that is Rashawn Gore. Rashawn, how's it going? Hey, what's up? What is up? Uh, QB1, what, what an awesome game. I don't know if you had fun, but we had fun watching it. That was a pretty entertaining game. Yeah. No, yeah, we had fun for sure. It was just a battle, you know. Uh, Rashawn, I just want to say thank you for spreading the ball around. I'm pretty sure your receivers uh, were not deprived of any balls, so that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we do have we have a lot of offensive weapons, so it's kind of easy to just go ahead and, and feed them the ball. So if I can get the ball into my playmaker's hands, that's what we want, you know, and just let them get loose. So that was, that was, the, that was the goal. So following your career, a la Chicago 4 style, is that what we're going to see mm-hmm. for Mississippi? Uh, as far as, like, the no huddle, like, try to go tempo. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we, we have a spread offense. Um, we do have some, you know, read option that we, we throw in there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't shown all our cards. But, I mean, as we prepare for each p- opponent, you know, you're going to see more and more from us, you know, how diverse we are with the play calling and what we do with out of our formations and things. All right, Rashawn, who is Natalie Nix? Can you tell us who this uh, this receiver is? <laughs> That's my dog. Very impressive. <laughs> That's my dog. Yeah, she's actually, <laughs> uh, she came to us from Denver. So she's a former Denver bandit, and she actually played running back for them. So this is her first year playing um, uh, wide receiver. And, you know, she – I told her this myself. I was like, you, I would never guess that you were first year, like, wide receiver. So she's – um. She's very. She's a student of the game. Um, she's a, a, an amazing athlete and um, a great receiver for us. So um, we we spent a lot of time, you know, um, getting chemistry and the routes down and things like that. So I'm glad that that kind of was shown in in the game in our play. Now, Rashawn, um, 
I was kind of impressed with you because you were kind of reserved and was was you were only taking what the defense gave you in terms of you know running with the ball. Because I know last year, mm-hmm. you know, Regina's so talented, but that was her first option it was always to kind of like okay, a play breaks down, you know, run with the ball. Where you're a little bit more reserved mm-hmm. on that in terms of scanning everything, but you know, as a last resort, if you're gonna if you're able to get 12, 12 yards or more or a first down. Uh, that is your option. I, I think that's one of the things that uh, in this game I saw that uh, Texas really uh, kind of like didn't anticipate that you were going to run, basically, you know, when you when you needed that first yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely like one of those, you know, you're trying to catch them off balance, you know. If if you see green, you got to take it. I mean, I, w- I was having my eyes down the field, you know, and trying to survey the field and get the ball into my receiver's hands, like I said. But, uh, again, if – there's nothing there, you know, I got to take off. I got to extend the play with my legs. So that's what I had to do. <laughs> so kind of impressive outing for you. Uh, two quarters in, you guys held your own 20, I think it was 21, uh, 21 to six and then 21 to 12. Um, so what do you, what do you say uh, to the Lady Panther fans at this point? You know, your debut was pretty successful, even against the, the elite Spartans. Uh, it was a close matchup yeah. up to a certain amount. I mean, the fourth quarter right. was somewhat already, you know, hey, this is reality now. And then you did have some injuries uh, to some of your teammates that obviously caused some of that, you know, that kind of like overall. Uh, mm-hmm. The first half I thought was very well uh, managed by you. It was really well balanced by the coaching staff. It really forced uh, Texas to be, to, you know, sort of a, like take a second look at you guys, especially with Regina on the side. You got uh, Natalie now that kind of evolved in that. So uh, I think it was a really good outing for, for about two and a half quarters, and, and that was pretty impressive against, obviously, the best team in the WNFC. Definitely. And I, I would say to the fans in the Panther Panther Nation, like, we there's a lot more to look forward to. This is our first game out. We're all working the kinks out. And this was a game, and it showed us where we're at, you know. So we're excited, you know. This was – yeah, we lost, but there's a lot of good things that we saw as well. So um, we're not hanging our heads by any means. Um, we're ready to work. We're head down. We've been watching film, um, and we're ready for our next opponent, and we just want to um, take it one game at a time, one drive at a time, you know, and just keep getting better, keep getting better. Now, uh, Rashawn, uh, it was nice to see that uh, you were getting away from Gidry, and Gidry was – you know, doing her thing, and <laughs> it was kind of nice to see that. But uh, didn't make her happy, but – and then you got Alyssa Mitchell as well. So, uh, I guess being a target from a former team, they <clears throat> you sort of expect that, I guess, right? Your tendencies, they know what oh, your yeah. tendencies are and things like that. Well, you know, they've never seen me at quarterback. I've actually never played against Texas as a quarterback, you know. And I, I when I stayed in Chicago and I played for them, we only – we didn't mm-hmm. make it out the second round of the playoffs. So, they actually never – played against me um and I did I did anticipate that they would be gunning for me obviously um they know that I'm mobile so I know they were spying me and stuff number nine on their team shout out to her man she's a dog um Gidry of Mm -hmm. course she got I tried to avoid her all night but she did get a hold of me one time I threw a touchdown pass though so it was worth it um (laughs) but yeah you know um I did I expected that for sure yeah and it was it was fun to see you uh a la Chicago four style you know what I mean? If, if people don't know yeah. the highlight films from, from the past, but, you know, Chicago Force, kind of a very historic franchise in terms of, you know, output, in terms of offensive output, right? Balance attack on the run Absolutely. game. Things like that. Yeah. You know, yourself plus, 
um, you know, the historic run of that team. I, I kind of like reminiscing of that when I was watching it, um, me and Mark mm-hmm. were going back on notes and we're like, hey, this is Chicago Force football. <laughs> like in the, it showed up in Mississippi here. So kind of excited to see that, yeah. you know what I mean? Because nobody really yeah. puts up that amount of pressure on, like on the Texas elite defense. And, and somewhat we saw that, we saw that in this game, right? To keep it close, yeah. uh, a one or two touchdown lead, that never usually happens, right? And even in the third quarter uh, before the fourth, you still guys were, were still in the game. You know what I mean? We're still in that one we one mm-hmm. touchdown or two scores under two scores. Yeah, we just made a couple too many mistakes, you know, in, in crucial moments, and we were um, in our territory, and then we were able to flip the field, and so it became a um, a game of field position, and then you know we just it it just got to us. So those are the kind of some of the things we're focused on, you know, um, just executing our plays and and um, you know sustaining drives and things like that. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I was impressed. Uh, I mean, I know I know we were anticipating a win here for you guys. I know you guys came in obviously hungry and trying to show out, you know, yeah. champs. Um, but on defense, oh, yeah. I think on defense, you guys are somewhat settled because uh, I think I saw Serena shift pretty good. You had a couple uh, a couple players on defense really, once they amp up their game, that's going to be a benefit to you guys, especially once you and Regina and Natalie and, you know, you guys, like you say, get your rhythm going. Uh, we could see yeah, a really nice. Thinking. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a lot yeah. of that was, you know, a lot of that was because of the, the, the ground game, um, the hindrance on the ground game. But we don't know what's going to be once you once you get a ground game back and then the balance attack. For sure. And I really, you know, shout out to our defense, man. They held it down and I'm so proud of them. And they played lights out. Um, mm-hmm. I for me as a quarterback and as our offense, you know, we want to compliment them. So we we definitely, like I said, we're looking at film. We want to step our game up so that we can complete them, you know, and we can move forward together and just be a driving force together. So um, I just love the way that they played. They were aggressive. On the first drive, uh, opening drive for Texas, they forced a fumble. I mean, they really mm-hmm. put us in – they put us in winning situations, you know what I mean? So we just got to – we got to put points on the board, you know? Yeah, shout out to uh, like Serena Shift, and uh, I think it's uh, if I'm, uh, I think it's Takira, right? Takira Mitchell. Yes. Takira Mitchell, Mitchell and, yeah. She, and yeah, she's, Serena. She's a yeah, shout out to both of them because they they really you know they really stood tall, like you said. You know they pretty they put pressure. Yeah. It's very hard to put pressure on Bushman. It's very hard to contain mm-hmm. you know a, a Maria Jackson, <laughs> a Holloman. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot yeah, of weapons no, there, they, but they, you know, everybody should be proud. Yeah. For sure, we are. We are definitely proud, and we, we're not. We're not satisfied though. So, you know, that's where the no. hunger comes in, and we're just, you know, we're still, we're still grinding. So. Well, I mean, I'm impressive. Uh, impressive outing. What did you see of the champs that you didn't see before? Is there something that you saw in the defense that you can exploit for the next matchup? Something that you just took under your belt, and you know, you did have the hindrance, obviously, of the run game. I know Davis was really elusive and really good. Uh, but unfortunately, that that happened. But you know, I'm I'm hoping yeah. you'll have you know a substitute of some sort uh, to kind of balance yourself yeah. out. But overall, I think what do you take from the game in terms of uh, from your side watching the defense? Is is there something you can exploit at this point for the next matchup? Well, just knowing that they were bringing both linebackers off the edge, it's like you know we got to yeah. we got to hit our hot reads and things like that, and get our pre-snap reads together and um, exploit that. The middle of the field was open. You know, they go too high, so. Um, 
I just need to stand in the pocket and step up in the pocket. I know there was a couple of times when I had edge edge pressure and it was like I kind of like just I didn't I didn't get out the way. So I need to work on that and my vision, you know, and stepping up in the pocket. So um, that's something that I'm watching on film and that I, I'm going to work on with the next two weeks, you know, that we have we have a bye and then we have Washington. So I think this game showed – that your team as a whole, in terms of the defensive side of things, but they were not intimidated by the uh, by the Spartan offense, as they were in past seasons. No. I think this year they, they they you know it's like match to match, right? They're ready for it. They know yeah. there's beef yeah. on the other side. They know they got to bring beef on this side. And I think contesting to your point, contesting the matchup, right? Offensively, uh, the defense contesting that offensive firepower because they have weapons like you do. And, and them stepping up, I really it, – it's impressive to see that, you know, year one from year two, now it's, you know, this, this Mississippi team on the defensive side now understands that that's, that matchup's going to be bring your A game. For sure. And, you know, actually playing with Texas last year and playing against them, I didn't think they were scared last year. Like, they played us tough last year when I was, mm-hmm. you know, um, on the other side of the ball. And so I was impressed by them last year also. Like, their defensive line is – the real deal, um, and then their secondary, you know what I mean? They they break on the ball. I mean, last year, I know that uh, Maria Jackson was coming across the middle and um, Locke, you know, lit her up, and they both were, like, knocked each other out. So it was like they – I don't think they've ever been scared or intimidated. They just come out and they play ball, and um, I'm proud to be a part of that, you know what I mean? I don't – I want to go into battle with people that want to win and they want to – they're going to put their best foot forward. So I can I can say that, you know, with confidence. There was one throw that you want back, uh, the Collins interception, but it was almost a touchdown too. So you get that, Man. maybe it's a different ball game, right? <laughs> There's a couple throws I want back. <laughs> the one to yeah. Rashida, uh, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, there's a few of them, but I definitely for sure want that one back. That that was a game, that was a turning point right there. So Momentum there's a couple, shift. a couple elements of the game uh, offensively. Uh, but, you know, I, I wanted to bring you on. I know it's, it's a loss, right? But I wanted to bring you on because not because we want to nitpick a loss. It's because the excitement of this season is literally more of a rivalry matchup, and, and the schedule was built for that. You know, uh, Houston wins against Denver. Mm-hmm. Now they get to go up against Texas. You guys, uh, you know, go toe-to-toe with the champs in week one, right? Kind of like sets up the tone for the season for you guys too in terms of the next matchup. Yeah. Kansas City, Absolutely. Kansas City you know, gets their, their win. You know, blowout win, Washington, impressive win against Philly. You got Atlanta that just wants to be the dogs, right? They put up a – they, they, basically they just woke up Tennessee and welcomed them to the WNFC, which is probably <laughs> yeah. not generally thing to Tennessee, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the WNFC for sure, yeah. Yeah. I like but no, it, it was so nice. It, it, so what, what are you, what are you uh, taking away from this week uh, in terms of – like the you know the matchup, do you take uh, uh, you know the, the balance attack that you had there? Like you said, more more uh, time with the receiving core now because I know you I know from what I saw in the in the game, like you said, the timing was a little bit off. But you get those plays, oh my God, you guys are you guys right. end up turning into an explosive offense. For sure, um, yeah, we're just you know get, finding our groove and getting into a rhythm and things like that. So I think this next game, you know, we got the first game jitters out um, and we just get back to the drawing board and fine tune those things. Like you said, we, we make a couple more throws 
Um, it's a different ball game. So we just need to work those kinks out. And going into this next game, like that's what we're going to be focused on is just executing at a high level. And I think you're able to do that. Um, so I'm impressive. Even on a loss mentality, like I said, you guys played really great in terms of competitive football against the top dogs, the champs. And, uh, you know, people know what you're all about in terms of, you know, what you're contributing for the last couple of seasons under the, the Texas banner uh, in general. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've always been an enjoyable player to watch. And, and, and based Thank on you. if you go back on your films and everything else, you know, from Seattle down to Chicago. And so me and Mark, yeah. as old as we are, we were like, this is Chicago <laughs> Force. This is like Gore back in Chicago, yeah, which was awesome. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It's been a minute, so it feels really good to be back in at QB1. Like, it's it's definitely something that I've always wanted to be. So to be able to be on that position, it's just um, everything for me. Let's give a shout-out to that line, okay? Let's do that shout-out to the line that kept you upright the majority of the game against oh, yeah. Texas. So That's you know that girl. line. Yeah, shout out to my shout line. out to the line yeah. because all all shout all game that line kept you upright. I mean, except for a couple scratches, but the majority of the time you had time to throw, you had time to assess the, yeah. the throws, right? If it wasn't for the drop passes, yeah. or uh, we'd be talking about how this offensive line is just on par with Texas in in a, in a lot of senses. Yeah. So you no, know, they, shout had, out to them. they had a great game. Yeah, and I'm watching film right now, and it's just like a steel wall. So. I do. I got to give it to them. Shout out to my O-line. I love them girls. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what you got to do. Cookies or pizza or whatever. Whatever you got to <laughs> beef them up with. They're keeping you upright. So, But, uh, you know, impressive line. That That's the one thing I noticed the whole game was the fact that they stood tall. They gave you the time. Yeah. They, they, able, they were able to create lanes for you as well, and, including uh, timing off the sides. Like, you, you know, Natalie, very impressive. You had uh, uh, Je- uh, Regina. If she, if she got her licking, she would have been way be- way there, right? And you got Young. Um, so you got a three-headed monster here. Once you, if you get it dialed, to your point, uh, wow, watch out, yeah. Lady Panther. For sure. Yeah, that's what, and that's what we're looking to fine-tune and just get in sync and, and bring that out, you know what I mean? Like, once we all get on the same page and we're, like, gelling, like, that's going to be a scary thing. And it's going to be – it's much needed in this in this uh, part of it because you, you're in competition in the East and you got Washington, you got Atlanta mm-hmm. that you got to contend with as well. So you know what they're all about in terms of offense as right. well, Atlanta and, and Washington. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Yeah, so, they both have. Uh, Rutan, I want to thank you for coming on uh, after this difficult loss. And I want to just – I wanted to give you your, you know, your attaboys as well. But, uh, uh, you know, if we get to see – the Lady Panthers, a la the Chicago Force, were in for a treat for the whole season. <laughs> for sure. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a great uh, night. I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, looking forward to QB1 making some moves here in the next game. So we'll be we'll keep watching on W Score. So make sure you guys subscribe. Watch Rashawn Gore on W Score. Pretty easy, right, Rashawn? Forty dollars for the year. Whoa. Ten bucks. Oh yeah. You got ten bucks. You got Starbucks. It shouldn't be a problem. Let's get it on. W, right. w score. Get Rashawn Gore live right there every week. Have a great night, okay? Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, guys. Rashawn Gore, QB1, Minnesota Lady Panthers in the house. 
talking about the great comp- competitive matchup there. It was 35-12. to 12. She did obviously get the, the L, but, uh, you know, offensive line on their side was really awesome. Uh, if, they get, if they get Jackson, like she says, Young, Jackson, and this, this talented uh, Natalie Nix in the mix, on a, uh, this is going to be a really fun team to watch all season, and, uh, and including her, her game. And if we get the balanced running game from Davis and the injured players that were obviously not able to afford a couple more plays, uh, we could see a balanced attack. This was their toughest matchup on the schedule for them, so it's going to be nice to see them rebound uh, in the next week, uh, in the next week's matchup. So looking forward to see what uh, Rashawn Gore and the Lady Panthers coming up in the next week. So check it out, WScore, WNFCfootball.com, forward slash WScore. Uh, it's a, um, for the month, $9.00. Uh, 9.99, and if you want to get the yearly pass, which is really inexpensive, 39.99. Catch every game live, WNFC plus replays and other exclusives at W Score, uh, powered by Score 58. All right, let's go into the next huddle. We're going to be talking to the talented phenom in the w- Western Women's Canadian Football League, and that will be Madison Sawicki. And let's bring her in the house now. Hi, Madison. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Just talking uh, great football here. We're, we were just analyzing the WNFC this week one down south here in America. So uh, looking forward yeah, to that. you guys. It was really awesome games. Uh, I don't know if you catch those games at all, but uh, really exciting. Looking forward to your uh, 2023 season. That's why I wanted to bring you on. I know we had talked about bringing you on last season, but certain situations happened with my uh, spouse and obviously I had to go on a little hiatus, but uh other than That's that, uh, what is the anticipation for you for this upcoming season with Manitoba after a really good 2022? Oh, man, we're really excited. Um, we've been working really hard these past couple of months and uh, putting everything together, and uh, we're anticipating another good season. You know, lots of the girls came back, so a lot of our rookies are now vets, and that helps a lot. And we've just been really going hard, and everyone – has been showing up, and so we're excited. We're anticipating a, a really good season, hopefully. Now, uh, the, the the league has grown a lot, and you guys, uh, in terms of the growth of the league, has grown in a, in like fanfare. But between the 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 programs, Manitoba Girls Football Association flag programs by Football Canada, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent uh, in the, in the feeder system. We have the under 18s, right? The under 18. Uh, I think uh, provisional teams as well. So uh, I believe you started in in the Manitoba Girls Football Association, right? Uh, yeah, I did. I started out at Interlake Thunder, uh, located in Stonewall, and that's why I played my first, uh, I think, five seasons of football. Um, yeah, the MGFA and all this flag and stuff, it's just it's great what they're doing and everything for the girls right now, and it's awesome to see, like, the amount of girls. I, I helped out a couple camps um, this year, and the amount of girls showing up and that are interested and that want to play, their enthusiasm is awesome, and it, it's a great look for girls' football. And I actually decided to start coaching this year, and Interlake Thunder had brought their team back because when COVID happened, it kind of died out, and so I'm coaching where I started, and I'm super grateful for that, and I'm excited. Now, the experience that you've uh, garnered through the, the lower, lower system into the, the, you know, getting up to the WWCFL, do you think that's, that's uh, valuable in that sense? I know because a lot of teams 
you know, because of roster or they have to, they have to recruit, you know, what, from the colleges, it's not always great in that sense because now you're introducing somebody to, an, to the sport and it takes a little longer for them to grasp it. Well, you know, you got the, you know, Manitoba program going forward, you got flags or you got the under 18. Now there's somewhat of a feeder system to go to the WWCFL and then, and, you know, makes every team better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's tremendous help. Like, it just, even if it's not 12-man, you know, it's six-man football or seven-man, whatever they do, it just, it introduces them to the fundamentals and the basic concepts of football, and it helps them get a better understanding, and it really prepares them for when they do come into the WWCFL, and it just helps them be more prepared. Even though we amp it up and we go 12 aside, it just, it gives them the basics and what to look at and just, it, it gets them going. It's a good starting point. I think it's very important, and it, it really does help. How excited were you to get the fearless to a, to a competitive state? Because they've, the program has never been a competitive state, you know, between Saskatoon and Regina, right? On the other side, Calgary and maybe Edmonton. Yeah. How, how exciting is it for the organization to, to finally get to that point where People are going to say, okay, we got, we got to look at Manitoba now, right, as some, some yeah. up-and-coming team. Oh, yeah. It was super exciting to be able to do that. I mean, if I'm being honest, I actually didn't even know when we were playing that that was the first time that Manitoba had even – that we had even made it past first-round playoffs. So mm-hmm. it was definitely something. And just to make it that far, um, you know, there's some girls on the team that have been there since day one. And at the end of the day, it just it really felt good to for all those really dedicated players and coaches that have been here for a long time, and you know they spend their time volunteering and helping, and it just it it was really special to be able to get them there. So you, as a leader of this team, uh, up and coming team now, and you know the the opportunity there to be on be mentioned in the same breath as a Regina Riot, as an example, you know, in terms of a le- high level competition. I think this has got to be exciting for you guys this season because last season was so good, and now we get to a stage where, like, okay, this could be better, right? Yeah. Oh, we can only imagine that it gets better. Like, we're we're learning off our mistakes, and we're building, and we're putting lots of new stuff in, and we got lots of new girls, but a lot of returning players, and that's really good to see. You know, girls that have been with the team now for at least two years so that they got a good idea of what's going on, and a lot of vets, and that really helps, too. Now, as a leader of the team, um, what is your goal this, this season? I mean, obviously, you know, you want to win every game, but what is, what is the goal for you as, uh, in terms of growth for you? You want to, you want to see a better offensive line, a, a better, you know, scheme or things like that? I just I would like to see a better offense in general. Um, we had our moments last year, like sometimes, you know, everything didn't click, but I really just want to see a whole offense that clicks, like a whole line that's doing their job, me who's doing my job, the receivers, the slots, everyone does their job and everyone does things properly. I want things to be, you know, you want things to be perfect. Um, I just want to see everyone working together as a whole. The pressure in your league is huge because you guys don't play like six games, right? You guys don't play eight games where like you can play eight games and you go, okay, we're down four, but we can still make it up, right? The pressure in this league, I've talked to other players, it's just tremendous, right? Because you lose game one, it's literally your season. Like, it literally oh, yeah. gets it's, to that point tough. where, like, you lose one more game it's, and then you're done for the season. It's, it's not a – it's not an – I would – what's the word? 
it's not a great feeling. <laughs> no, it's yeah. It, you know, it is a lot of pressure. Like you got four games, and you really gotta, you really gotta be ready for them. There's not really much room for error. You know, you can't really go there and be like, ah, oh, whatever. You know, that was a bad game. We'll forget about it. Move on to the next one. It's really hard to do that when you only have four games, and that, you know, that that very first game, like it's it's all based upon those first one or two games. Like you lose it or you lose a certain team, then you're traveling like eight or 12 hours in the bus to go play your next, like mm-hmm. go play in the playoffs or something like really these few games that we have, they really determine a lot. And it is a lot of pressure. You really, we really want to be ready. And that's why we've been going hard these last few months. Now, I mean, I, I don't know if they were in, in, I don't know if they'd like to go to a six game format. Cause I know here in the U S it's basically an eight, eight week season. Right. But with the playoffs, it's like 10 weeks. So I don't know yeah. if that's, you know, an issue with that. But, I mean, it all has to do with logistics, of course, you know, the fields and the availability and all that stuff, yeah. scheduling and, and things like that. Yeah, and it's the teams, too. Like, we already are playing uh, Winnipeg Bulls back twice, right? Now, to go out there and play them two or, like, three or four times now, that just uh, – that creates some issues, you know. Um, it'd be the same thing with the other two teams, like – there's only so many times you can go and play them over and over and over again. And then the cost for the facilities and traveling and everything, like we really try to even it out for everybody in the season. That's why we've got like two home games, two away games. So we really try to even, it's just, it's really hard to get more games in there. Yeah, I know. I totally, I totally get the logistics part of it. Cause I know it's, you know, it's still a, uh, just like here in the States, you know, it's still a a pay to play type of sport. So it's not like you're you're getting big sponsors to cover some of the cost and, to add more games exactly. and things like that. So overall, I think yeah. it's somewhat uh, in the same boat in a lot of ways. But out here, down here, it's it's literally about a six-game, six-week season, eight weeks total, yeah. you know. But there is, there is like you said, that cost factor, of course, that it's going to yeah. you know, cut into your and then And then you got to throw it on the players, which a lot of players don't have that luxury, you know what I mean? Because it gets exactly. expensive. Exactly, yeah. Not everyone can afford that. Luckily, we do have fundraising available and stuff that the players can do to be able to afford it, but it's already enough as it is. And to have to go and travel more and do more, it would just cost a lot of money. So yeah, it's, it makes yeah. it a lot harder. Now you get, you get the, your counterpart, uh, the Wolf Pack, uh, beginning of the season, end of the season. And then you really get, you know, the champs, uh, you you know what your the champs are all about. And then you get the second runner up, which is Regina. So being uh, able to, uh, you know, play against those two squads. Uh, did, I, have you taken anything away from how they operate, you know, offensively, defensively, how their programs work and things like that? Yeah, we we do a lot of film, actually. And, yeah, we, we really just – we just look at how they do and what they do, and we really just try to not necessarily build around them, but we try to make our plays to match – what they're doing um so we see how their defense is lining up we see what works and what doesn't and we really try to make our offense work to um to their defenses and stuff i think it's important to to note that those are the probably the two the two franchises that i think every team in the league right aspires to be or to get to that next oh, to yeah. that level oh yeah yeah, yeah regina and Saskatoon have been really good for a while you know they have a lot of great athletes and they just they really work well together and they got a great coaching staff and everything just it it works really well for them so it's 
it's really good to be able to play against them and, um, you know, study them and see what they do. And because I feel like we get better too as we do that. Yeah, and and it's a kind of historic matchup in terms of the league, you know, to to have them to clash almost a yearly on a yearly basis. I think we look forward to it as fans out here in the states too, because you know we have down here we have Boston, and you know uh, Boston is a key metric in terms of the WFA. We have Texas Elite, right? But when you think of Canada, yeah. you, you really think of Saskatoon Valkyries in the same in the same breath that we that we see the top teams here in the states. So it's yeah. kind of nice that you know they've owned they've owned the, I guess you want to say they own the league, they're 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 the benchmark, they're the ones that everybody's yeah. you know everybody's trying yeah. to be at. You could say that it's always been, you know Saskatoon and Regina neck and neck. You know it's always them fighting for it. So yeah, to be able to get there last year and to uh, eliminate Regina to actually get to the finals that was that was awesome and that really. You know, it said something about us, too. You know, we're finally coming along, and we're getting to where we need to be, and we're putting in the work, and it's paid off. It was an exciting time because, like I said, nobody considered you guys or took you guys seriously, right, last year? Everybody yeah, assumed yeah. that it was going to be the same old story, right? But, uh, yeah, you know, they, what, an impressive, what an impressive run. Yeah, I think we, yeah, we kind of took them by surprise. Like, I don't think they were really expecting that. Um you know, uh, they might have doubted us a little bit, but yeah, we've been working up. Like 2019, we were we were getting there. We came really close to beating Regina in the playoffs, uh, so we were slowly working our way up, and now we're getting to where we want to be. And I think the teams won't underestimate us now, and that the best will have to watch out for us. Yeah, I know because it's it's. I mean, you you guys have like I said, you, the program has grown. You got the the youth coming up to the, to the team, I think that makes a really big difference to your point, you know, cause there's veterans on this, on this, uh, on this team that really wants to see this program succeed, right. At the, at the same level that yeah. Regina and Saskatoon is, and that's going to make the league yeah. uh, more competitive, closer games, more competition. That's going to be, you know, what the league needs to inspire us to, to garner fans in the stands, basically um, yeah. to, to bring attention and to the sport. Yeah, it's not two teams fighting anymore. It's three, and we're hoping that the Winnipeg Wolfpack can get there too and that it can be just neck and neck all around and that it, it makes it more competitive. Now, um, what 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 uh, help do you need uh, from our audience? Because you know, our audience follows, obviously, the whole sport as a whole, but what, what are things that uh, your Manitoba team – uh, you know, you need help with and where they can fans can go dive in in Canada, in your province area, and try to help you out with either donations or try to help you out with, uh, you know, volunteering, things like that that normally uh, you need during in-season. Yeah, so, like, uh, we, we run a lot of fundraisers for our um, players. So fundraisers are always nice. Like, if you have opportunities to fundraise, uh, we really run on sponsorships, too. That is um, a big part of where our money comes from is finding sponsorships. So we're always, always looking for that. Um, and just, you know, getting people out there, like getting people two games, you know, it, was, it is $15 a game, but that really helps us out. And, like, you know, buying shirts and stuff like that online, like some stuff you can do. There's a lot of small things that can really, really help us out. Now, I know uh, I wrote down the email, but I, I'm pretty sure it's correct, right? It's uh, mbfearlessfootball at gmail.com. If you need more details about anything with the program, sponsors, uh, fundraisers, donations, uh, all that set in that sense. 
Um, so yep. it's going to be very, very exciting to see you, Madison, uh, at the helm, leading this uh, fearless team uh, after the 2022 season that we, we didn't anticipate you to arrive in the finals, to be honest with you. No. Nobody anticipated that. And you guys, no, you are mine. Yeah. We've been the underdogs for a little bit, finally getting out there, and I'm really excited to um, get out there with the team this year, and I think we're going to do a lot of great things, so um, I'm really happy. All right, so I'll give you inspiration. Gold and black, uh, time to go get the gold, just to match up the jerseys. Yep. And get that, yeah, we, lift we that, lift the WWE trophy. The gold. Yeah, so it's going to be a great season. Um, I wanted just to bring you, uh, bring you on to spotlight your team's success because you guys had such a great season last year. Uh, I wanted to bring you on also to kind of preview the upcoming season here. It's going to kick off, I believe, yeah. in May. Uh, and you got the four weeks. And like, like I said earlier to you, this, you know, if, if our fans don't know, uh, they know now the Western Women's Canadian Football League is, is, is really gritty week to week, right? There's no error. You yeah. lose, exactly, crushing. Yeah. So you got to watch yeah, uh, the WWFL. Yeah, you got to watch yeah, it because it's really, really awesome football. Month, so. and it's growing. Yeah. It's growing in fanfare too, in terms of the two provinces over in uh, yeah. m- not just Manitoba, but you know, in the in the three provinces, I believe. And then you got Calgary's improved, Edmonton's improved. Yeah. Um, so just a, a lot of the a lot of the teams on either side have uh, elevated their game to the point where like now yeah. who's gonna who's gonna take down Regina? like you guys did last year, and who's going to, you know, take yeah. down the big dog with Saskatoon? Yeah, we're uh, – it's getting more competitive, and teams are getting better, and it's exciting to see that. And, uh, yeah, we're hoping we're back there to take down Saskatoon and Regina this year and to win the gold. Yeah. Um, are you up elevating yourself to Football Canada in the future? Do you feel like you can go for the national team at this point, or, um, or is it uh, – this is too I, soon. I, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. Um, when it comes around again, I think I, I might give it a shot. Just timing for me this year and with work and everything, I just couldn't get out to the tryouts because they were in Ottawa. So I just couldn't make my round to get out there. But um, I really, yeah, I would like to try uh, at some point. So I'm thinking next time it comes around, I would like to go and try out for that. Yeah, it's kind of an exciting moment, uh, kind of patriotic moment, right, for representing your country representing your yeah. league, uh, representing your team, right, ultimately at the highest level oh, yeah. in competition. And it just, um, but, yeah. yeah. And so I, I think yeah, it's, it's good to like those, see you in the, at that big stage. That would be awesome to see you at that big stage, you know, to get you, uh, oh, yeah. some, you know, some accolades. Because I think you've done so well with, this, uh, with, the, with the Manitoba team. Uh, so we're expecting, uh, Maddie, this time around, a uh, very competitive game. Week two and week three, because that's those are basically the top yep. dogs in the league. So, yeah, 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 we're gonna go out there and give it all we got. We're we're hoping we're taking them down. We're, well, I'm pretty confident in our team this year. We're looking really good. Um, we're all improving. Uh, yeah, we're all showing up. I think we're I think we're gonna do great things this year. Yeah, I no doubt. I'm I'm just uh, like I said excited for you guys this this season. That's why I wanted to bring you on and. Uh, kind of spotlight your team and uh, up and coming in terms of the league as well. So that, you know, every team in, in this, uh, in this league has gotten better every year. I know, I know the, yeah. that the Calgary side is getting better. You guys have gotten better. I'm pretty sure the Wolfpack is, is much improved after seeing your success. I'm pretty sure they'd like to yeah. be at that next level too. Um, so 
watch out for WWCFL 2023 season. Kicks off in May. Uh, we're going to cover it, obviously, on our pages and on our all social media sites. So, uh, Madison, thank you for coming in. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully uh, we can get another interview at the end of the season, just to kind of recap the whole, you know, 2023 season. But uh, anticipating a great clash uh, against Saskatoon and Regina, so I'm looking forward to what you're able to put out there on the field with your girls. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk again. Have a great night, okay? Safe travels. All right. You too. Bye. All right, guys. There you go. Uh, Madison Schwicky of the Manitoba Fearless, one of the uh, premier quarterbacks in the Western Women's Canadian Football League, uh, kick off their season here uh, this year. Uh, if, you didn't, if you didn't know, last year they went to the finals. They were not expected to go to the finals, technically, and much improved program this season. They're going to get an opportunity, uh, I believe, week one, uh, May 7th, and that is at, at home at uh, Eastside. Uh, they get two, two back-to-back home games. One is against the uh, Winnipeg Wolfpack. Then they get the, ch- the champs, the Saskatoon Valkyries, on May 14th. Then they go on the road to take on Regina Riot, which they upset last year to make the playoffs. And then they finish uh, at on the road in Winnipeg. So opportunity for them to go 4-0, for them to go 2-2, two and two. Uh, so uh, kind of excited to see what her squad's going to be able to do and how they're going to take care of business. But uh, she is eager and more than willing and hungry to put the Manitoba Fearless on the map in terms of the WWCFL for the 2023 season. And we can't wait uh, for her squad to kind of elevate their game uh, in week two and week three. That's going to be the class that we're looking forward to. The, the revenge, uh, rematch matchup against uh, the Regina Riot. It took them to the playoffs, and then uh, a rematch against the Valkyries from the final. So interesting and happy to see how they're going to transform their, their program. So if you don't uh, know what uh, the WWCFL is all about, just uh, go Google Western Women's Canadian Football League. If you're following us at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties, that is where you know everything that's happening in the sport. Uh, the best network on the planet bar none, is at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Korean Beauties. So check it out right there. We're going to be diving into the uh, week one matchups that happen in the w, WNFC. Uh, looking, at, looking forward to anticipating uh, this matchup that's coming up on April, April uh, 5th as well, which is the IFAB Women's uh, Euro Championships. And that's going to happen over in, uh, I believe it's going to be in Great Britain. So April 15th, uh, and like I said, you can follow our network partners at Girls of Gridiron UK uh, for all the action that's going to happen in the Euro, women's Euro scene in Europe. You're also going to be able to get exclusive coverage from them from the NWFL uh, season that's going to kick up on April 22nd. The nine side exclusively is what we're going to cover, and that's going to be the four teams competing for the first nines series uh, championship. And then we're going to dive into April 22nd. WFA kickoff, that's going to be WFA Pro, WFA Division Two, and then later in the season we'll dive into the WFA Division Three matchup as well. So there's a lot of, a lot of action that's happening coming up in this, uh, this coming weekend. But if you were uh, inclined to go to the hub, we got a, a lot of nice still photos from the WNFC Week 1, uh, including the matchups, like I said, that we, we dived in earlier. Uh, you also have Texas Valley sports action that happened this past weekend 
It was the 42-12 to 12 win as the um, uh, River City Warriors, Texas Wolfpack. And we also had uh, Esther Delgado here on our last episode, 440. So you can always go back and replay that. And she's excited to see where the River City Warriors will finish. We've got a couple weeks left in the Texas Valley Sports Swing as well. You got Liga Elite Monterey also inclined there. And then we're going to have LNFA Femenina, a really big final. It is Barbera Rookies taking on La Rosa Black Demons. Uh, Black Demons uh, end up beating Valencia in the semifinals, 48-7. to And Barbera also uh, was able to take care of business uh, and win. So they go to the final. Uh, you get the live coverage on YouTube of the whole game right there, the live stream of the 39-14 win of the Barbera Rookies versus the Osas Rivas. Uh, rookies will face rivals Demons in the final, so no surprise there as well for that. Uh, you also have the finals, uh, the final scores for the WNFC uh, there as well, so you catch all the action there. And then there's a, the German season's coming up in May. We are going to be in uh, Finland, Sweden, going to be in the Czech Republic. We're also going to be all over uh, in terms of the Europe scene, like I said, with the, with the uh, NW also as well. So um, don't forget, check out the hub, facebook.com forward slash Cordana Beauties. That is the place to be. The best network on the planet exists right there at the hub. And if you're inclined to go check out our stuff at Zazzle, we've got the awesome hoodie, not a boys game hoodie. Thanks to Cassie Cubis and Lisa Gomes for sporting it. And then uh, shout out to Lo- uh, Lois Cook. We're uh, throwing out our socks teaser uh, at Lois Cook on Instagram. Check it out on her reels. Really appreciate uh, her supporting our our brand as well. And then action in Liga Monterrey this past weekend, week three. Liga Elite Monterrey uh, remains in second place. Uh, That was the Templarius. Remained in second place by edging uh, Ravens, Monterrey 12-7. Temperas remained in the hunt for the first place chasing the Raiders at 3-0, while the Ravens fall to 1-2. The other matchup was uh, Osas Negras. They get a solid shutout win versus Wolfpack with a 19-0 shutout. Uh, Osas and 2, while the Wolfpack also stay at 1-2. And, and then the other matchup was Week 3. That was a uh, Torianas shutting out Black Snakes in their first first matchup of the season, 27-0 to stay in contention. Torianas stay undefeated at 2-0, while Black Snakes remain winless at 0-2. You also had uh, Wolverines against the Raiders. So the Raiders continue their early season dominance with a 29-0 shutout versus the Wolverines feminine. Raiders remain undefeated at 3-0, while the Wolverines fall to 0-3. So awesome there. Uh, so you get, get everything that's happening there, including uh, live streams by FIVA Sports of the Liga uh, Monterey Football Americana Femenil. That's uh, in Mexico as well. And then we're going to dive into uh, – the Lexfa season in a couple weeks here. We're also going to dive into uh, LaFi in the next couple, uh, next, uh, couple weeks coming up. And we're going to also kind of break down uh, some of the leagues, like I said, overseas to try to um, keep up to date on that. So um, in the hub, let me just go back on here because I know I missed stuff. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, there was a, a women in football program that's done by, I believe, uh, Coach Claire. Yeah, so congratulations to Coach Claire Dore, which we've interviewed before here on the podcast. She was one of nine participants selected for the Women in Football program, and I believe it's through the uh, Canadian Football League. So congratulations to Cl- uh, Coach Claire Dore 
for her achievement there and participating in that program. And then uh, we also have a video up there for our Danielle Ayala, who we interviewed also on our previous podcast. Uh, pretty nice video of the New York Sharks getting ready for the 2022 season. And then uh, Callie War signs Fascia Matoni as running backs coach for the 2023 WFA Pro season. So uh, Fascia, if everybody knows, is a global ambassador for the NFL flag and also a WFA international ambassador for the Moroccan uh, section of the uh, over in the, in the uh, Middle Eastern section. Uh, BAFA did unveil the Great Britain uh, women's uh, match day squads against um, Sweden, and it's going to be quarterbacks Angelina Fisher and Vicky Lucas. Uh, you're going to have top uh, running backs in Emily uh, Irvine, Gabriel Barrick, uh, Gabrielle Barrick, I meant, Ruth Mata, as we know from the, um, the Renegades. And you got tight ends, Rachel uh, Tomley, and then uh, also Jessica Anderson for wide receivers. You had Ole Davis as well, as everybody knows from the WFA. And then on top of that, defensively, we had uh, some of the uh, silver medal squad players, Bethany Palkinton, Becky Martin. Uh, so the whole roster for the British American Football League uh, in terms of the national team matchup that's going to take place on Saturday, April 15th. Uh, tickets for the match in just over two weeks are still available. You can go to uh, eventbrite.com uh, forward slash Great, great, our, uh, great Britain. Uh, if you follow the post that we posted out there, you can just click on the link. There's going to be uh, Worcester six, Six-Way Stadium will play host to the uh, anticipated matchup. That's going to be the Lions coming off their 2022 World Championship medal in Vonta. Uh, so there's an article there of the preview of the matchup as well. I uh, get some really nice uh, images of the matchups, and that's going to come from Jeff White as well as Jenny uh, uh, Breaky. Uh, both of them you can find at, G, uh, GW under, uh, at GW slash images.com and you get Breaking 99 Media, and you get the links right there as well for the matchup. Uh, the Utah Girls Football League season will kick off. We'll keep tabs on that as well with them. Uh, we have a couple articles there, and then we have all the previews that are coming up for the WNFC, uh, all the previews that happened there um, in terms of that, including the uh, Web3 platform Humble becoming the official Blue Zone sponsor of the WNFC. So in the NFL, you got the Red Zone, uh, but in the WNFC, we have the Blue Zone. That's sponsored by Humble, the official Blue Zone sponsor of the WNFC. We also have the preseason rankings that we introduced, the No Joke Football preseason rankings that we introduced on our page. Uh, Ours are strictly basically for fun, and it is basically math-related only. There is no strength of schedule built into it. So uh, if you take a look at uh, the scores this weekend, obviously the Atlanta the Atlanta Phoenix, the Kansas City Glory, the Washington Prodigy uh, would be uh, one, two, and three in terms of our rankings. Our rankings are going to come out on Thursday. Uh, also, the, WNF, the WFRC rankings will come out on Friday, and those are the official rankings of the WNFC. Those do take into account, obviously, think the schedule and other factors in terms of head-to-head matchups and things like that. So, uh, But our rankings are basically just for fun, kind of give you an idea of in terms of the point system, it gives points to the uh, offenses. It also gives points to the defenses. So it kind of tries to match up evenly that way. So we're going to have a little bit of fun in terms of who will finish in the top 10 at the end of the year, compare our rankings versus comparable to the rankings of the WFRC to bring some excitement. 
But if you checked out our preseason rankings uh, earlier in the uh, when we posted them up, I think it was back on March 29th, uh, the WNFC preseason rankings, number one, obviously, Texas Elite Spartans, number two, Utah Falcons, uh, number three, the Mississippi Lady Panthers, number four, the Denver Bandits, number five, San Diego Rebellion, number six, the Atlanta Phoenix, number seven, Washington Prodigy, number eight, Kansas City Glory, nine, Houston Mambas, 10, Las Vegas Silver Stars, 11, LA Legends, and then uh, 12, the Oregon Ravens. Florida Avengers, number 13, 14, Seattle Majestics, and 16, the Tennessee Trojans. So a lot of this is going to shuffle because, obviously, it's changed. And given the outcome of the scores this past weekend, uh, things are going to change dramatically as well because that's going to be shuffling, right? Because you've got a couple teams that are shuffling now in terms of the front. So uh, one through four. Four probably going to be a little different uh, in terms of the, of the scope of that. So uh, we're looking forward to see how those two rank out and how it turns out in terms of the rankings for both the WFRC and also the um, our rankings for the No, no Joke Football uh, line. So let's go bring in Terry, Coach Terry Lister, who obviously took a loss in Houston. Tough loss, 10-0, to very close matchup against Coach Soho. Uh, but a mm-hmm. very competitive game. Uh, could have a couple offensive plays back, right, Terry? And could have been a different ball game and a different outcome. Yeah, yeah it was a tough one to swallow. Um, you know, unfortunately for us, I think every single WNFC game we've had, uh, the first game of the year has been on the road, which um, is not ideal. I'm not sure how the WNFC has uh, – not noticed that, but it's been the case for us again this year. So starting our season traveling to Houston, which is like a 16-hour drive, um, is uh, you know has its obstacles, but no excuses. Um, Houston Houston played a better game. They beat us fair and square, um, and uh, we'll see. Houston is playing Texas this week, and so that will tell us a lot about um, how how they how how truly good they are. Um, but for for us, you know, we didn't do enough on offense to compete in that game. Um, and so that's why they were able to edge us out 10 nothing. So we need to fix some stuff on offense and special teams to, to uh, get some wins together. Terry, uh, no surprise that, uh, you know, D. Scott was probably the difference maker for, for the matchup, right? But, uh, you know, you obviously have, uh, you know, scouting her for a long time. Uh, very com- mm-hmm. very good matchup game in terms of overall, right? Because it was a really close game. It wasn't like it was one-sided and one team was dominating the other. This game was really competitive on both sides of the ball matchup. Uh, you know, a couple plays here and there. You know, a couple score, uh, one one or one or two score here. Uh, the the you know the the outcome is different basically. So it was really really good close matchup. Yeah, I would say yes and no. So yes. Um... You know the final score was ten to nothing, which is a pretty close game. But I would also say no to um, Holly Custis's point in our uh, private chat. She mentioned that Houston could have scored a lot more um, if they had converted more uh, blue zone opportunities. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they were they were close to the goal line uh, several times in the game, and they weren't able to come away with points a few times, whether it was a turnover on downs or a missed field goal um, or other stuff. So. It could have been a bigger margin than what it was. So I would say, to that point, you know, it could it could have um, 
been a bigger win for Houston, but um, to your point, it was close. And if a few plays went differently, I mean, the reason I say that it's, it's on our offense, special teams is because our offense didn't have enough, didn't move the ball enough, didn't have enough first downs, but then also special teams, you know, we, we snapped the ball over the punter's head, which gave mm-hmm. them the ball in the, in the blue zone, um, which is just stuff you can't do. Then later on in the game, we punted the ball away, and they ran the punt back to the five-yard line. You know what I mean? So if you're mm-hmm. giving the team first and goal on the five, of course, nine out of ten times you're going to come, come away with points. So shout-out to the Denver defense for not giving up more than ten points. Um, but also, you know, we really have to clean stuff up on offensive special teams to compete. And D. Scott's obviously an all-world athlete. We knew she was going to be a monster, and she was. Um, but I think the, the the tale of the tape is that Denver's offense wasn't productive. So, you know, when you're getting the ball on offense, you're going three and out, but your defense just came off the field and they're going back on the field. So if that happened the whole game, your defense is on the field way too much. So they're gassed mm-hmm. uh, by halftime. And then if you're trying to compete with D Scott and you're gassed, good luck. And um, so that, that, that was how it played out. Um, and so that's why Houston was able to have the edge. But um, obviously not the way that you want to start, the, start your season, but also, you know, we have five games left. And nobody cares. Nobody's, nobody feels bad for Denver. Um, some people are probably laughing at us or saying, I told you so, and that's fine. Um, but we, all we can do is control the next five games. And so we're trying to bounce back against Seattle to see if we can um, get in a wooden column. So speaking of Seattle, Terry, uh, Cindy wins her wins her first win as a head coach. Yep, with McCarron yes. back, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the team you guys you know you get the bye week, you get to scout them. Uh, they get a, a really close game every year. These two teams, Oregon, Seattle, just somewhat go neck and neck. There's just no no two ways about it. It's like they <laughs> they kind of like you know they like to play each other for some reason. And uh, shout out to uh, I think it's uh, Sheree uh, Route. The number five, she's just like a mighty mouse. Big yeah. difference maker, two PDs for Seattle. Uh, Wood was back. I don't know if it's the first game jitters, but she wasn't in her best game. She had the interception that turned into a score, I think 58. And then, you know, Ky- uh, Kylie Connor. I mean, what do we say about Kylie Connor? We already know she's a playmaker. So there, there was a score for uh, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. I um, that's a great point. It's, I, you. <clears throat> What you just said is exactly how I felt. So I thought that Seattle would win this game. And since, you know, I just had <clears throat> Scott McCarron on my podcast and he talked about how their numbers are, are way better this year, I expected it to be a, a pretty good margin. I, th- I thought Seattle would handle Oregon, but that wasn't the case, to your point. Um, it was a close game, one-score game, and uh, Seattle pulled it out. But um, Tyler O'Connor did have that pick six on defense which was the only points that uh, Oregon scored. And so shout-out to her for making that play. Um, but unfortunately for Oregon, their offense wasn't able to move the ball and score points. And so I'm so kind of surprised that Seattle only scored twice. Um, but shout-out to Oregon's defense for keeping it competitive. So that was a great game. Yeah, ground game-wise, I think Seattle really established that. Um, Oregon defense did hold them, to your point, and in Oregon, we have the same situation we have in Denver, right? We have a, we have an offensive yeah. issue that needs to be fixed. 
There's weapons there Absolutely. as well, but unfortunately the playbook isn't reflective of what the talent can do. And so you have the yep. defenses trying to make up for you got you got to have you got to have a pit a, a pick six by Kylie Connor, right? Who's probably playing both ways anyways uh to yeah. to just put yourself on the board. Otherwise, you look at, you were looking at a 12-0 shutout. So Oregon has to exactly. kind of look has to has to go back and kind of reevaluate their their like you said their special teams and their offense primarily. Those are the two areas mm-hmm. that they got to reevaluate because I think defensively holding uh the Majestics to 12 is a really it says really good things about their defense, you know, how they're able to do yeah. that. But your point earlier, you know, if you get three and out and you're killing your defense, a fourth quarter is not going to last and you're going to lose every time. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that way Oregon is, is, is similar to Denver because you got to think Oregon have one defensive touchdown, which is the, which that those seven points were their only points. Denver did not have a defensive touchdown. And so they finished with zero. So both teams need to figure out on offense. I know Denver needs to figure out on offense and special teams. I'm not sure if special teams is a weakness for Oregon, um, but you know, obviously you can't win football games if you don't score points. And so both teams need to figure that out offensively. And the West, Terry, you're, you're in the West, everybody in the West, the West has always been a dogfight. From day one of the WNFC, the West side, every team in the West is always going to be in your mouth, you know, just shoving it, punching you in the mouth. It's always going to be gritty football in terms of defense, right? Tough scoring. Yeah. Everything has always happened. On the East Coast, it's more wide open, right? If you start to – if you look at the results this week, <laughs> you got a 60-burger in Atlanta against Tennessee, 40-burger against Kansas City and Florida, 31-burger uh-huh. uh, between Washington and Philly, right? And then you right. turn around and you're like, Texas Elite, 35-12, to 12, even though Mississippi did play really good for three quarters, just wasn't able to, you know, uh, get gelled, as we just talked to Rashawn Gore here. She wasn't able yeah. to connect with Jackson and Young and, and uh, Nix. I, I mean, she did connect with uh, Natalie Nix. But overall, they, you know, they could have they had some more opportunities, and they didn't. But on the west side, man, what about a dogfight here? West side, 14-8, to 8, Utah, San Diego, team to eight, yeah. Las Vegas, L.A., right? 10-0, Houston, Denver, right? You got yeah. 12-7, Seattle, Oregon. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's, it's not, it's That's not, true. what do you call that? It's a, it's a basically a crash, a crash course in terms of auto crashes out there because what happened last year, <laughs> Oregon lost their running back, a couple running backs, right? O- Oregon lost a couple of their linemen, right? And their season for, for what, a couple of weeks was going upwards and all of a sudden it came crashing. Seattle with the same thing with numbers last year, injuries hit them yep. and all of a sudden they mm-hmm. go crashing. So it's, it's like, it's more brutal, on, <laughs> more brutal over here by the altitude and over by the West coast in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, when you think about it on the, on the, uh, the Western side of the United States, there's been several games. Um, if you go back this year, last year, and maybe the year before, where teams in the West have squared off and they've played really competitive close games. So, you know, Denver was undefeated last season. We beat Utah barely, you know, by a couple points. Beat Utah again barely by a couple points. Um, We had a close game against Las Vegas. I mean, almost every game we had last season was close except for the Phoenix game. 
And so, I mean, you're completely right. For whatever reason, these, these Western teams really come to play and um, are very evenly matched. So I love that. You know what I mean? Like, no, no diss to the WNFC, but, you know, you don't really – you don't want to see the 60-0s to or 40-0s to because um, that's just not competitive football. You know what I mean? So um, those closer, closer games are just better to watch, more competitive, and better for the sport. So hopefully but, we see more know, of those. Given the point up. that we made uh, preseason rankings, right, when we came out, we're not, we were not surprised that Atlanta blew out, you know, Tennessee. We already knew that, that was going to happen, but we didn't anticipate 60 points, right? We anticipated exactly. they were going to win. Exactly. They are going to take care of it. Yeah. But uh, Atlanta, to their point, much improved offense last year as well towards the end of the season. Now they had a year mm-hmm. off. Tennessee, brand new, right? Trying to find the kinks right yeah. now. They're going to do right. Kind of how to gel and get together. Um, yeah. So that, there, there's that that factor. And then Philly, we we said in the previous you know uh, comments that we made before. I, I mean, are they going to step their game up? Because it looks like they're not stepping their game up, and it looks like they they got issues. They got a lot of things going on, and they they got to get it together quickly here, or they're going to be in in the hole. They get Kansas City uh, next week. Lauren Crouch. Uh, Galbraith, Gabriel, right? Mm-hmm. Just, uh, uh, just offensively, they are just getting dialed in. Defensively, they are just hard to beat now. And you know, Terry, we talked about it. Kansas City is only eyeing one team, and that's Texas, because that's their that's mm-hmm. their their measurement. Yep, that's a litmus test. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. So the, the Atlanta Tennessee score is sixty to zero. Obviously. Um, is a, is a thumping, you know, a 70, 60 to zero is a pretty, pretty large margin. So that's unfortunate. I mean, Tennessee is a first year team. They have good numbers. I know that they have good numbers because you have to have good numbers in WNC. Um, I know they've been able to recruit some athletes. And so they have some good athletes, but playing somebody like Atlanta, that's, that's a, a, you know, a veteran team of the WNC and coming off a very good season is just a really tough first game for a first-year team. And so we, we would prefer that it wouldn't get that ugly, right? Like you want, you want to see games be, you know, within maybe 35 points at the most. Um, so it's not too lopsided. Um, but Atlanta was just too strong. You know what I mean? They, the combination of their coaching and their athletes and their experience um, just made it an ugly game. And so hopefully it's a good learning lesson for Tennessee. I know that, that Denver's trying to take their loss – to Houston as a lesson. Um, so hopefully they're able to learn from that and build off that for next week. But then the same thing, like you said, with Philly, Philly lost 31 to nothing at Washington, which is a pretty, you know, a pretty decisive victory. We know that Philly has Sarika, um, a receiver from, she played for Denver last year. She, she's an overseas player. So she's a really good athlete and a good receiver, but, um, and I apologize for not watching the game. I was only able to catch half the games. But, you know, if, I don't know the makeup of Philly's team, but if you don't have a good quarterback, it doesn't matter if you have a good receiver, right? And so um, you just have to have certain pieces to be able to play good football, and it's obvious that Philly isn't there yet. And so can they get there this year? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. But so far, not a good start. And the bottom line is, anemic offenses to your point this is their end result like this weekend Mm -hmm. in in atlanta versus tennessee right ortiz uh march 
goes down, I believe, with an injury and then kind of tries to come back in terms of the quarterback scheme. We don't know what their second-string quarterback is going to look like, you know, in terms of what their, their roster depth is. And so that already is a, it's a negative. So now yeah. it's like you go, into, you go into week two here against uh, Florida. Florida also struggling. Richardson almost gets knocked out of the game. They got no quarterback. Um, we're looking at Tennessee versus Florida as a mash unit type of matchup. Like who's gonna be get, who's gonna be better, <laughs> who's gonna get the W because either team is not that great, right? Because they didn't uh, Florida yeah. didn't show very good against Kansas City, and then obviously Atlanta just blows Tennessee. So yeah. is it gonna be Tennessee's first win this week, or are we gonna be disappointed by Florida again, which they should get the win given Tennessee's the uh, you know a new team, but mm-hmm. you know they got issues on offense, the quarterback issues there. You got Tennessee with quarterback issues, offensive line issues. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. we got we got two bad teams meeting, and one of them is going to get a win once the end right. result happens. Too. That's right. <laughs> Somebody's going to come out of there with a win. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's two ways to look at it, Oscar. You look at it like, you know, Florida scored zero points, right? Philly scored zero mm-hmm. points. Tennessee scored zero points. Denver p- scored zero points. So. When you score zero points, that means not only did you not score on special teams or defense, but your offenses didn't score. You didn't get any touch, offensive touchdowns. You didn't get any field goals. So if you didn't score at all, there's two ways to look at that. Either you're not good or very dysfunctional on offense, or the defense you played was just lights out, right? Like Kansas City's defense was lights out. Washington's defense was lights out. Atlanta's defense was lights out. Houston's defense was lights out. So I think in most cases, it's a little bit of both, right? It's a little bit of dysfunction on, on the, those offenses, and the defenses they played were, were good defenses. And so how good the defenses were, we'll be able to see in these upcoming games, right? Like if um, the, in the upcoming games, when you see two bad teams playing and one of them pulls away and is able to score more points, then you're, you're just realizing, okay, well – Losing sixty to nothing, that was more about Atlanta than Tennessee, right? But they, they were right. able to be more competitive against somebody else that wasn't up to Atlanta's standards, um, you know, their their pedigree. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how that goes because so far it's it's a it's a bad start for a few teams, um, but I'm rooting for all of them. So I'm, okay, I'm so I'm going to say this very nicely. Okay, we have the <laughs> yeah. WFRC rankings have not come out. They'll come out Friday, okay? So yeah. yep. the WFRC will take into account strength of schedule, head-to-head, breakup, everything, right? Right. More friendly. Yeah. Our yeah. no-joke football math stats, right, the, the, the rankings for math stats, okay? Okay, more brutal because it's just straight math. It's like we give, we're giving points to the offense and we're giving points to the defense, right? So if, you, mm-hmm. if you're Tennessee right now, you had a you had a you had a problem being ranked 16th in a math power ranking. Guess where you're at in week two? You're ranked 16th <laughs> because after week two, if you don't beat Florida, right, mm-hmm. you're gonna be in the cellar basement, and that's a reality check. That's two games in, and that's yeah. if you're a new program. Uh, to your point, Terry, if you're a new program. The coaches got to look themselves in the face, right? Are we running the right schemes? Are we putting the proper players in, in positions to win, right? Are we scheming the right exactly. uh, offense? Right? Exactly. Now, 
Now it's yep. not just playmakers because after two weeks or three weeks, the whole coaching staff has to be reevaluated and has to look at themselves as uh, bad, poor scheme type of individuals because you're not yeah. scouting your opponent correctly and you're not putting your players to be successful. So hopefully yeah. that's not the case for Tennessee because you don't want to be the first team that, that runs a table winless. That's <laughs> not what we want. We want, we want to be yeah. competitive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, uh, I've noticed that I think there's three different people that have mentioned like feedback about our predictions and rankings and stuff. Those three teams have been the Tennessee Trojans, the uh, DC Divas, AKA Amanda Congiality and um, the Detroit Venom. So those three teams took offense to our rankings slash predictions, which I have no problem with. You know what I mean? If you're a competitor and I said you're going to have a crappy season or you're going to you know, have a losing season or whatever, um, I expect you to, to feel some type of way about that. But also, Terry, Terry the bottom line is personal. what? The bottom line is what? As Mark would say, prove us wrong. Prove yeah. us yeah. wrong, right? Because that's what we're here yeah. for. We're, we, just yeah. take, we just take roster information. We're just taking yeah. gut feeling that we have. We're taking schedule, right? Last year, strength yep. the schedule to this year. We're looking at what? Massey's, right? Last year to this year. We're taking into account yep. all that. We're also taking into account what ifs, right? Is the coaching staff the same? Is the roster the same? Who they lose? Mm-hmm. When we don't have any of that data, sure, we're talking out of our asses. Of course. Yeah. But we're media. Yeah. We, we have, the, we have yeah. the right to talk out of our butts to, to put it out there. <laughs> you want to prove us wrong? Hey, Amanda, call me out. Fine. Like I told her, not a problem. Show me. Yeah. Show me in the eight weeks or the six weeks that we are wrong. The one in five yeah. is not you. Okay, show me it's not you, right? Yeah. But, Absolutely. But, what, but uh, Terry, yeah. Pittsburgh was listening. Boston, listening, right? Everybody else was listening. So Divas, it's not about making or proving us wrong, right? It's about taking yeah. care of business against Boston, taking care of business against Tampa, taking care of business against Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, it's totally different absolutely. Story. So yeah, they, we, they play, our opinions first... are reflective. Our opinions are only reflective of the data and the information and what we feel is in our gut that says, okay, probably going to go this route. Yeah. But you know what? It's all in fun because we want to be, be able yeah. to – have the sport grow and our opinions. If it, as my uh, old former boss would say, if it rubs you a little bit wrong, hey, correct it. That's what I'm going to say. Correct it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, like the, to your point, April 22nd is when the WFA starts playing games and the DC Divas play the Pittsburgh um, Passion. So, like, that's week one. That's week one for the DC Divas and Amanda to say, you guys don't know what you're talking about. We're going to blow out Pittsburgh. Our offense is unstoppable. You know, grab your popcorn. And so I'm like, hey, I'm a fan of Amanda. I'm a fan of the DC Divas. I want, I want them to have a great season. So my prediction was what it was. But um, like you said, you have, to, you have to put your money where your mouth is. And so hopefully they come out guns ablazing in week one versus Pittsburgh. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and I, I mean, she's got pride in her team, right? She wants that win. Yeah. She wants a W. Yeah. She's not going to say we're going to take a loss, right? <laughs> she's never going to say that. Well, 
Yeah. No, that, that's a tricky in, one. In general. That's a tri- that's a tricky one because I was very confident in the Denver Bandits going to Houston, right? I felt very good about that game. I felt great about our defense. I felt good about our offense and our athletes that we have, but that game didn't go the way I thought it would go, right? So there's a there's a fine line in your opinion of your own team which is which is inherently biased and the actual sure facts of what's going to happen yeah and so that's 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 the difference and so we're going to see but i'm being real because yeah i really think i really think last year pittsburgh showed us what they're capable of not that the divas aren't capable of it but based on the data based on the data right from the last two seasons okay yeah you know you if 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 the world if the word is retool use that Mm -hmm. word that's your word (laughs) we're retooling that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. The problem I have is show me week one against Pittsburgh that that retool is not a factor or rebuilding is not going to be a factor. But based on last year's performance between Pittsburgh Renegades, Pittsburgh D.C., Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh was back in the fold in terms of a conversation, which they weren't two or three years ago. Now we have a different yeah. format, right? And then they have a passion. They just lost their owner. Mm-hmm. So this season could be what? A prove let's prove them wrong right and let's get to the to the final and and win it for Franco as an example is a, is more of a drive right so there's issues yeah. there in that sense because now that team sees themselves uh, capable of doing something more right and I think DC yeah. whether it's retooling or not it's just a matter of you know they got they got better competition and uh, is my point the competition has improved in their own realm of the East Coast so it's gonna be a little tougher whether they go one and five, well, whether they go, you know, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. three and three, okay, they, that yeah. could be the season, right? And then Massey, Massey is going to give them a benefit of the doubt. Even if they go three and three and they're playing very, very competitive games, you know how Massey works at the end of the season. So even if they go three and three, they still can make the playoffs in that sense. Well, D- DC Divas' schedule is brutal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this isn't about DC Divas not being good. It's about if you have a brutal schedule where you don't play any easy teams, good luck. You know what I mean? The Denver Bandits empathize with you. Denver Bandits don't have an easy game this year. You know what I'm saying? So yep. we're, we're 0-1. Nobody feels bad for us. And mm-hmm. you have to just figure, figure it out. You know what I mean? Like it's on you to, like you said, self-scout and, and mm-hmm. have a, you know heart-to-heart with yourself and a realistic look at what you're doing or not doing to put yourself in a position to win. And so I have nothing against the Divas, Detroit, or Tennessee. Um, but like you said, we're making educated decisions or choices about where we think teams are going to land. And um, it's just our guesses. And in most cases, we, we don't mind being wrong. And so um, please prove us wrong if you can. Yeah, no. And, and I would prefer make sure everybody understands the podcast is here to promote the sport. And this is, Friendly yeah. rivalry, friendly opinion, right? We all want yeah, passion yeah. for the for the season. We want to be able to yeah. see the the best teams compete against the best teams, right? And who gets the edge yeah. and who wins? Because we're here for it, right? We're here for it. We're here for the popcorn. Right. We're here for the butter. <laughs> and Amanda, we're here for the butter. Throw the hot right. hot butter on the popcorn. We're here for it. DC we Pittsburgh, we're here for it. We love we love right. It. We're here for it. And she's she's That's a great right. quarterback. We already know she's a great quarterback. And so, uh, you know, she's going she's gonna to do her thing. And uh, if she's got that fire, hey, more, more, more power to her, you know, 
to, to prove us wrong. Um, so, Terry, let's finish up week two here uh, If for the WNFC. So if you're Kansas City, you saw what Philly mm-hmm. was all about, mistakes, uh, you know, penalties, giving, about, giving uh, you know, yardage, right, to, to Washington. Yeah. Uh, if you're Kiki Blackman, Lauren Crouch, Ken Gabriel, uh, you're just saying, okay, let's, let's just show up and, and show them what we got. And uh, I, pre- I, don't want, I don't want to predict a 60-burger, but they were able to put up 40 against Florida. Mm-hmm. And now they get Philly, and Philly wasn't able to contain 31, 31 points. So I feel bad for the Philly D, if anything. I feel bad for the Philly mm-hmm. D right now. Yeah. Is that, is that the next game, Kansas City-Philly? Yeah, Kansas City-Philly. Is it this weekend or next weekend? It's uh, this uh, April 8th. It's coming up. Okay. Coming gotcha. up, KC. So if you're, if you're yeah. Kansas City, uh, uh, Terry, you got firepower, right? You're all you're working on cylinders against Florida, and if you saw what Washington was able to exploit, if you're Philadelphia, I mean, God bless you, right? Prayers. Yeah. Something's yeah. got to happen. Something's <laughs> got to change. It could be the same outcome or worse. That's true. Um, Kansas City had a great start against Florida. Forty nothing is obviously a a sound victory for them. Uh, and then they have Philly, who didn't have a good didn't have a good start against Washington. So I, I don't know if Kansas city has enough firepower to put up 60 like Atlanta did. Um, but I do think that they could, they could be in the same ballpark, you know, with that where they scored 40 points in week one. So there might be a similar score in week two for Kansas city. Um, unless Philly does much better or if Kansas, if I'm underestimating Kansas city's offense, then they could put up something closer to 60, but I would guess it would be around that 40 number. Yeah, no. The only the only thing I'm saying is, if you're Philadelphia, right, you just got yeah. you just got basically routed, right, by Washington, yep. which has a very yep. high tempo offense, anyways. And Baller, uh, Ballard's a, a playmaker, right, just yes, all over the place, like a just very good. Right yep. now, you have what uh, Gabriel and uh, what's the uh, what's the other player that I wrote down here? Gabriel and uh, Galbraith as a dual threat. Yeah. One or one, two punch. Okay. You're not going to stop that. I don't, I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say that you're not going to stop these two individuals. Okay. Not going to happen. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, it, the only saving grace is for their defense to hold them down to 40 points or 30 points like they did Washington, but uh, their offense just look anemic. So I don't know what to tell you uh, if you're Philly, I mean, you got to rise up to the moment. That's all I'm going to say. Because last season was horrible. This first week was horrible. Uh, and this week doesn't get any better because I know Kiki, Black, uh, Kiki, the coach, she's looking to face the Spartans, right? That's her. That's her benchmark. And you're not. You're in the way. <laughs> you're in the way. So in, yeah. if you want to be a factor, you got to come and step up your game because otherwise, you're going to get roll, steamrolled this week. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um... Yeah, obviously Philly needs to play play much better against Kansas City to to um you know kind of right the ship for this season. So hopefully they do, mm-hmm. but I think it's more likely that it's going to be a similar outcome against Kansas City. Um, whether that score is you know above forty, below forty, or right around forty remains to be seen. Um, but it seems like the the caliber of teams, Kansas City versus Philly, 
um, is going to be a decisive victory. So it's going to be, you know, somewhere from 31 to 60, and, and likely a, another zero for Philly as far as points scored, unfortunately. And so yeah, and what I'm saying, what I'm saying to the phantom for the for the phantom, you know, for the players and yeah. with the Philadelphia Phantoms is uh, this is this is the next level of football. You got Washington week one punched you in the mouth. You got Kansas City yeah. who's hungry to be at the top five level, right? So yep. you, you, you don't have uh, – in other words, nobody's feeling sorry for you. <laughs> you you got to right. step up your game, you know, to match up their game because they're coming for the win number two because their mission is yeah. to win number six, right, and get to, get to the playoffs. So the identity of the Philly Phantoms is we haven't seen it yet. Anemic offense. Shout out to the defense for holding Washington to thirty something points. So let's let's give out, you know, the defense give them their due, right? But offensively and special teams, uh, they just been lousy. And week one showed it again, even from last season to this season, not an improvement. So if you're the Phantoms, if you're listening to us, we wish you well. Okay, prayers yeah. to you. Hopefully your yeah. offense matches Lauren Crouch and Galbraith and Gabriel and. And uh, hopefully, you know, you don't get your quarterback whacked out of the game and have nobody to lead you in this matchup. So uh, um, I don't want to say yeah. massacre, but, Terry, <laughs> we could see a massacre in Philly, uh, Kansas City. Yeah. Philly. So yeah, I'm just, you, I'm just being honest. Be, I mean, just being up front, yeah. like we just talked about, how we, you people think, oh, criticizing us. Okay, show up, prove us wrong. If you're Philly, yeah. hey, Oscar, Terry, Nate Ward here saying you're going to get routed. So if you're Philly, prove us wrong against Kansas City. Show us your A game, right? Bring it. So you Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. Uh, Nate, Everything's put, Nate put um, uh, we were just talking about WNFC, Nate. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're Houston, the Mambus, you just beat Terry's Denver team 10-0. to You got Texas Elite coming this week. They just put up a thirty a thirty five burger, uh, and Rashawn Gore played a really good game against them for three and a half quarters. Right? They, it was twenty one right. to twenty one to twelve, right? But if you're Houston, uh, this is this is the matchup you wanted. We talked about it at the beginning of the year, right? Beat Denver, you yeah. go right into week two. Can you match up against the elite? So, uh, what do you think, Nate? Can they match up against the elite? Well, it's going to be interesting because, like we just said, it was only 10 nothing, And, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get to Majestics in a minute, and that's kind of the same story is if, if the cards are right, yeah, sure, absolutely, you'll stand up against them. But the fact that you only managed 10 points, not, not to say that Denver doesn't have, you know, a stellar lineup, but the fact that you're yeah. wanting to make a point in the second, going into the second week and you only get 10 points, that's concerning to me. Mm-hmm. Offensively, yes. That's what I'm saying. That's my point, right? Because yeah. if, if Mississippi yeah. can put up 12 points against uh, Elite and allow 35, uh, this is going to be Coach Soho's uh, biggest test, right? You get one win, edge, edge, edge a playoff team like Denver, but now this is your big test. It, you know, hopefully you avoid the route <laughs> because you got Jackson, yeah. right? You got Hellman, right. Bushman. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's just a bunch of playmakers out there. And then God forbid you get run over by Gidry oh. <laughs> offensively on the other side. Oh. You know, God forbid, you, right? 
Oh, gee. Uh, just, it's just a scary thought. Uh, so Houston, I know they're, you know they're hyped from their first win, right, of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a different mm-hmm. animal coming in here. Not, not, no disrespect to Denver, but this is a different animal. Oh, it's a good This is totally different. Act like you're so going into a playoff game. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm – exactly, Nate. Yeah. This, this, is, this is your pre-tune-up, right, <laughs> for the end of the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is your pre-tune-up. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, uh, Nate, Seattle, we just talked about it earlier. Seattle, um, you know, kind of impressive in a way because they got the run game going. You got, but, but Wood didn't play her best game, so maybe Rusty from coming back from retirement. But overall, uh, I think it was uh, Route. I think it's her name, Sheree Route. She played a pretty good name, number five. So she was very elusive, very, uh, very able to move the ball. Uh, Oregon didn't look very good overall, right? And then, Kyle, right. you know, shout out to Kyle Connor for putting up a score. But uh, I think Oregon's got to kind of revisit the whole thing and figure out what, you know, what worked, it, what didn't work, and try to get something to work. Even even for for Rusty, you you still let Woods get ninety six yards on you. So yeah, I mean, I mean, we can look at the the completion, the attempts all day, and the the fact that it was thirty eight point five percent. But you gave up ninety six yards to a person who just came back out of retirement. Yep. You really need to rethink your defensive priorities yep. and where you go from here. Because if you don't, it's all downhill from here. Seattle looked a lot more impressive and more alive than they did last year offensively. They really looked a lot more alive. And I think it's McCarron because McCarron came back. I agree. I agree. McCarron came back, and they looked – I really honestly thought that they looked – I mean, I, I know he's been around, but as far as being on defensive court, coordinator side of things, they, they looked sharp. They looked good. Um, I'm really looking forward to the season. I know, like we've noted, I'm not officiating, but I'm really excited to see where the season goes. This was a better game than even I've been to in person, and that's saying something. Mm. Yeah. So, Nate, let's stick with that. Or if you're Oregon, didn't play such a great game, got what de- defensive touchdown. Uh, Utah did, didn't play as well either against San Diego, but they were able to muster some points, a lot more points. Utah uh, offensively does have the better offense in terms of mustering points. You got Blackwell, you got Magana, right? You got a couple weapons. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're Oregon, beware because. This, this is it. They're coming for win number two, and they didn't look. They they were very competitive against San Diego. In other words, now it's like or, Oregon's got to step up. They want to be make it uh, make it a game against Utah. They got it. They they definitely have to do a lot better than than they did against Seattle. I, I mean, if anything, you know, probably focus more on the running game because your mm-hmm. your your QB trainer gets what two out of ten completions in the mm-hmm. past. You know, I say this a lot in a lot of scenarios, especially when watching NFL and stuff like that, if your passing game isn't working, focus on the running game and focus on trying to find those weaknesses in the defensive line. Yep. And that's what I think they yep. need to do coming into this game against Utah. Forget passing, just focus on trying to run and finding those little holes. And they got weapons. They got Connor that can run. They got, they got plenty of yep. people that can run the game, the ball. They just got to go simple. If they go simple, they, they, got, a sh- they got a shot. Um, Terry, the last game, I could not upload um, – I, I, L.A. versus Vegas on um, Score. I, I, I mean, maybe it's me, but I did take some notes on that. But 
overall, um, LA, LA offensively once again has issues as well from this from last season. This season. so I don't know if the quarterbacks, you know, the quarterback schemes, the, the you know, all that. They, defensively, they've been okay, but offensively, mm-hmm. they're still anemic. Uh, Vegas, similar situation like Denver, you know, shooting themselves in the foot on a, a, a series after series after series. Right? They're not able to retain mm-hmm. and giving up field position as well. So uh, these two teams here, you know, uh, I think Vegas gets gets away with the win. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say over LA because LA could have won this game, but they get away with it, and and so they they, they edge them. Yeah. Um, before I get into Vegas, I wanted to mention something. Nate made a great point. So if you look at that score, Seattle, twelve to seven, Seattle over Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. Scott McCarron's defense mm-hmm. gave up zero points. So the only yep. points that Oregon scored was a pick six by O'Connor. And so mm-hmm. that essentially is a shutout for his defense. So that shouldn't be over, you know, over um, or, you know, underappreciated. But, yeah, I, I, I saw a little bit of the L.A. Vegas game. The um, It was really close, right? It was like eight to seven or eight to six um, most of the game. And then in the fourth quarter, I saw them connect on a long pass to, I think her name is Mariah Lopez. Uh, she's a – She's yep. a former um, uh, lingerie yep. player. Excellent. So she, the excellent player. Yeah. yeah ex, yep. So she caught a really nice pass. I think it was a post pattern, and was able to pull away for a touchdown, which was the deciding score. And so, like you said, it was a very close game. It could have went either way, um, but Las Vegas made one more play than, than LA did to uh, muster up enough points to win. But for both teams, it has to be a little bit concerning. Um, but you're not scoring many points. So, obviously, you're scoring more than the other teams that scored zero, um, but still, you know, 13 points isn't a ton. So, I'm sure they're hoping that they put more points on the board uh, in the future. And that the only point I'm making is these two teams, uh, they're not going to be able to with – this, with this type of offense, similar to your point in, in, with Denver yeah. in the previous couple of seasons, right, where they, you're able to just edge, edge the wins, right? But when you get to the playoffs yeah. – and you're not going to put any points up, it, it becomes more of a difficult to overcome. In season, yeah, not so not... bad. But once you get to the playoffs, you know, like last year, you guys were up against Utah, remember? And it was the same yeah. kind of situation. It's kind of like that battle that you got to get in. If you're not, if you're not able to put points when you need to put points, then you're, you're, you're going to get, you're going to lose every time. So LA, much better team improved from what I saw, but Vegas, yeah. they had weapons. They just weren't able to put it together in terms of an offense. So I, I'm pretty sure Kerry's going to try to figure that out. They do have weapons. They do have a run game. They they do they do have some superstars, like you said. They just added on to the roster from the X League. Uh, Miles yeah. as well. You got Mariah, her sister as well, Marissa. So mm-hmm. they got to figure out a way offensively how to put it together. Uh, because once they go up against Utah, and they're not able to muster at least 20 points or 15, 20 points, they're going to it's going to be some L's for them as well. Um, uh, Nate, before we get out of here, uh, let's run down week two. We got seven minutes. So Kansas city, Philly, uh, I'm circling the glory tremendously, uh, Tennessee, Florida. I want to give the edge to Florida, but given the way they played against Kansas city, we could see that the Trojans, the Trojans maybe win, but I'm giving Florida the benefit. Okay. Then Texas, Houston, uh, bless you, Mambas. Hopefully you play your heart out, just like Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But I think Texas might still end up with a W. Uh, then Utah, Oregon. 
same thing with Oregon. I, you know, got to fix it what you got to do, but I, I, I think Utah probably takes it, and everybody else is on a bye week. So we got just those, uh, I believe, those four games for this next weekend. So interesting matchups. Yeah, it's going it, to – I mean, you talk about four make-or-break games. I mean, they're all, like, make-or-break for at least one team. You know, and that's, yeah. that's what you like to see, especially early in the season, because, you know, th- this is, you know, to, to borrow the phrase and rephrase it, this separates the girls from the women. Yep. Mm-hmm. This weekend right here separates yep. them. Yeah, if Oregon, goes, if Oregon goes down 0-2, that's a problem already. That's just mm-hmm. not a good thing. If Florida drops to 0-2 and Tennessee gets the win, that's a problem for Florida because they should be the, the, the more skilled veteran team versus Tennessee. Right. If Tennessee goes 0-2, uh, they're, just, they're just weak. This is the first year, so that's just a reality check for them, right, in terms of competition. They're just, okay, yeah. this is the competition. And then Philly, if you fall 0-2, you've been, oh, you've been winless for the last, what, 24 months? <laughs> just yeah. not good. It's not, not good, good at all. Not good at all. Not good at all. Oh, I mean, that's like if you're looking in the mirror, there's no makeup anymore. You can't even dress it up anymore. You got, you got to get better. You got to get better. There's no more lipstick on that pig. No, there isn't. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry to say that, but but you know we're we're trying to be real about it. But Philadelphia offensively is not good, and their defense. I mean, uh, I'll shout out to their defense. That's all I'm saying. Because you know to hold Washington to 31 points, it could have been worse. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm a lot so, worse. And Kansas City has the same similar makeup as Washington, so you get round two, <laughs> round two to go up against like similar similar process. Uh, Terry, yep. I, I don't know, it's going to get ugly. So I don't know if the scores are going to be like really tight, or we're going to get blowout scores. That's the only thing I can think of right now. It's probably going to be blowout. Yeah, scores. I'm looking at the scores from week one, and I just made an observation. If you look at all the final scores. San Diego scored one touchdown. Philadelphia mm-hmm. scored zero. Florida, sc- mm-hmm. Florida scored zero. Tennessee scored zero. Denver scored zero. Oregon only had a touchdown on defense, and LA scored one touchdown. So yep. my point is, is that out of eight games, seven of those games resulted in a team that needs to prove that they can score points. And Absolutely. so that's a task. I know that Denver – Fills that wholeheartedly, the the uh, you know heavy lies the crown, and so hopefully we can figure it out. But that's that's almost half the league, you know what I mean? And yep. so if half the league needs to prove that they can score, that's a really big problem that a lot of teams need to figure out. And so hopefully they do, because I want to see competitive games, I want to see close scores, I want to see good football being played. And so I know Denver's mm-hmm. going to do their part, um, but I hope the other teams um, do as well, because I want I want the best for the league. So. Yeah, no, and and that's why yeah. I'm saying this this coming week is going to be ugly because you got Philly that hasn't been productive. The, the two teams in Florida probably the only competitive game that we can probably look forward to if they're close, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, if you want to circle competitive, uh, the one that we got to sit down for is obviously Texas Houston because that's Absolutely. the one we want, that that's the game right there. Everybody else, it's going to be an afterthought. Just gonna have to blink on the schedule and see what see how it turns out, because uh, the only the only one I'm interested in is Texas Texas Houston this week. And Coach Soho didn't didn't say she would uh, 
you know, surprise us, but she could surprise us. So we're looking for the surprise, I guess. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I'm um I'm looking forward to the game. I hope, hope hopefully I can watch it. I know that Denver has practice at 11 this Saturday, and then I'm going to be helping out with the semi-pro men's team. I think they have a, a, a preseason game or scrimmage at 6 p.m. So I'm hoping that mm-hmm. the, that kickoff time isn't in that same time frame because I really want to watch that game live. Um, so fingers crossed yeah, no, that sure. I get to watch most of it. And you'll you'll get yeah. the replays as well. So I mean, but uh, yeah. bottom line, that's probably the only game marquee game that you really want to watch because every other game, right. unless it surprises or something offensively, uh, all offenses as we've just made note here, they're not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Utah right. struggles to, against San Diego. I mean, that's what we're looking at right now. Week week two, not as appealing as we as we think. So hopefully these teams will step up their game up and surprise us. All right, uh, so Nate, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Yep. Terry, thanks for uh, filling in and making the time as well. Uh, for the absent Holly Custis, uh, Mark Simone, and obviously Mackenzie Brooks, Oscar Lopez uh, saying we'll catch you here for week two of the WNFC. We'll see what the outcomes will be. Looking forward to the next uh, podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on our podcast. Give us a cool five-star review if you like Nate's takes and Terry's takes, myself, Mark's, Mackenzie's. So uh, on any platform, really appreciate it. So don't forget to uh, share our podcast on any platform that you desire. So give us a cool five-star review on there. So guys, uh, time to bail, and we'll see what the uh, <laughs> see what the massacre turns out in terms of week two, because I think that's what we're going to be looking forward to. But looking forward to Texas. Stay Houston. tuned. That's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Sir. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Have a great night. Safe travels. Yeah. I'll catch you here next Tuesday. Bye.